I went into the kitchen because I was hungry and I wanted to start supper. Mom grabbed a knife. She pinned me down on my back on the kitchen table and she had that knife at my throat. When she was 14, Florence had come home late from school one day. Her mother, an emotionally disturbed woman, was furious. She said, I am going to throw your body in the alley and I'll pretend that the street gangs killed you because I can't stand the sight of you anymore. I hate you, you liar, you awful person. There may be days when I cannot breathe. There may be scars that will stay with me. Florence Cotteron Blake is our guest on this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. Florence grew up in a violent, dysfunctional family, but she lived to tell how Jesus rescued her and how he worked in her mother's life, too. And we're excited for you to hear about it. I'm Phil Fleischman. And I'm Jim Kirkland. Interestingly enough, a Billy Graham crusade that took place back in 1957 is actually a big part of Florence's story. And later in this episode, you'll hear an excerpt from that crusade. As a matter of fact, let's hear a sample now. If I wasn't sure that my heart was right tonight, you couldn't drag me out of Madison Square Garden till I had found out. Because the Bible says you can know that your heart is right. The way you know your heart is right is by surrendering it to Jesus Christ. We can tell you more about that at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. GPS. God. People. Stories. To really understand Florence's story, first you have to know about her parents. They were both born and raised in Italy. My mother was an abandoned orphan. So a lot of what went wrong in her life started very early. My father was the son of the richest man in this 9,000 person town called Castel Termini, Sicily. But my father got a very high fever that damaged his brain when he was 25 years old. So a lot of the problems my father had were a result of that brain damage. Florence was born in New Jersey. She was the youngest of six. Now, my mother's mother died in her sixth childbirth. And my mother considered the sixth child a curse. I happened to be her sixth pregnancy. So she wanted to get rid of me even before I was born. She attempted to abort me, but my father, praise God, caught her in the act and put a stop to it. So she continued to consider me a a curse. From the very beginning, Florence was abused by her mom and her dad. My mother was in the hospital with a burst appendix. I was one year old. And the doctors said to my father, we will do the best we can, but your wife might not live. Now, in my father's mental capacity, he understood that to your wife is going to die. And he decided, I can't raise five kids on my own. So I am going to make sure that all of these kids die. So he told us, I am going to leave the house, 
and I will not come back until you have starved to death or frozen to death. Then when I come back, I won't have five more mouths to feed. So he did that. He left the house, went to live with his cousin around the corner. God provided food for Florence and her siblings, and they managed to stay alive until their mom got out of the hospital. But that was just the start of a childhood Florence describes as filled with torture. My older brothers would always find ways to blame me for things they had done wrong. If they broke something they weren't supposed to even have touched, like a vase or a lamp on a shelf in the living room, they partner together and say, let's tell Mom Florence did it. That way she'll get the beating. And now my mother would tell me, I am going to keep beating you until you admit you did it and apologize and promise never to lie to me again. So she'd start pounding and pounding, beating me and beating me. And finally, just to get her to stop, I'd say, okay, okay, I admit it, I did it. Please, please stop hitting me. There may be days when I cannot breathe. There may be scars that will stay with me. Maybe the worst moment of Florence's childhood happened when she was 14. She came home from school later than normal because she had been rehearsing for a play. Florence had told her mom ahead of time that she'd be late, but her mom thought Florence was lying about the play, and that made her very angry. Mom grabbed a knife, a six-inch blade, very sharp cook's knife. She pinned me down on my back on the kitchen table, and she had that knife at my throat. She said... I am going to throw your body in the alley and I'll pretend that the street gangs killed you because I can't stand the sight of you anymore. I hate you, you liar. Florence didn't know what to do except pray. I called out a three-word prayer. God help me. And just then, boom, 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 a knock on the back door. Mom took the knife over to the sink and washed the blood off. I went over to the door and opened it. The next-door neighbor had heard the shouting. She had looked out her window into our kitchen. She could see me flat on my back with my mother's body pinning me down and in the process of cutting my throat. And she said, did I just see what I think I saw? And I said, yeah, my mother tried to slit my throat. And she backpedaled. The neighbor backpedaled because she probably figured, I'll be next. I better get out of here. But there was a witness now, an eyewitness that God provided that would stay my mother's hand from trying to kill me. But that wasn't the end of it. Florence's mom wouldn't allow her to eat dinner that night or have any food, for that matter, for the next three days. On that third day, trembling with hunger... Florence thought about prayer again. It had worked before, so she gave it another try. I knew the Lord's Prayer, and I started to say it. When I got to the part that says, give us this day our daily bread, I stopped. And I said, okay, God, about this daily bread thing, I haven't eaten in three days. And I had my first experience with the still, small voice. 
I had never encountered it before. That still, small voice was the Holy Spirit. Florence heard God tell her to go to a deli on the opposite side of her neighborhood. The owner recognized Florence and ended up giving her a sandwich. It was the second time that God had provided food for Florence after one of her parents refused to give her anything to eat. Florence was starting to believe that God was real and she was attending church, but she still wasn't a follower of Jesus. She made that decision a few years later when she told her friend Kenny that she couldn't go to the movies with him because she was going to church. I said, it's Sunday, it's the Lord's Day. He said, you're becoming a fanatic. Well, the next day, to make fun of me, he brought over a piece of paper with a phone number on it, and he handed it to me. He said, well, call this number. It's your kind of number. So I called it. And a woman with a very sing-song voice answered the phone and said, we have a message for you from the Bible. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I thought, I wonder if this is a recording or a human being. And just to find out, I interrupted her with, yeah, but how can we prove it? And she stopped and she said, what? I said, well, I know Jesus said that, but how can we prove it? And she said the words that would usher me into the kingdom of God. Don't try to prove it. Just take it as a little child. Whoa, that's what Jesus said. That's what I needed. I needed that childlike faith. And I know that at that moment, I became a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Three years after Florence became a follower of Jesus, her mom got cancer and became bedridden. Despite the years of abuse, Florence chose to take care of her mom. I worked full-time, but after I came home from work, I would groom her, wash her, feed her, cook for her, take full care of her, because my siblings had all married and left home, and I was the only one there. One day in 1957... Florence ran into an old friend while heading home from work. Her friend was with a woman named Esther. And Esther was a volunteer for the crusade that Billy Graham was holding at that time in New York City. And Esther said to me, I have three tickets for the Madison Square Garden crusade for Thursday. Would you like to go? I said, oh, I would love to, but I'm taking care of my invalid mother who who cannot get out of bed. She said, I'd like to meet your mother. When may I come over? I said, well, you're in the neighborhood. Come on in. So I ushered her to Mom's bedside, and I introduced her. Esther said, I have three tickets to the Billy Graham Crusade for Thursday. My church is sending a bus to pick us up and take us there. Would you like to go? And I thought, this woman is nuts. Can't she see? My mother is on her deathbed. And Mom said, yes, I will go. That was the first of two yeses 
that would forever change Florence's mom. We got to Madison Square Garden. The only seats we could get were way up on the top, back row, top tier. Between Esther and me, we helped mom up those steps, and she got to sit there. When Billy Graham made the invitation, come forward and give your life to Christ, Esther said, Maria, do you want to go forward and give your life to Christ? And I thought, just not. <laughs> but Mom said, yes, I want to go. I want to go forward. I call upon you tonight to follow Christ, to come to his cross, to renounce your sins, to receive him. And let us move forward as redeemed, blood-bought children of God. Until we see a she gave her life to Christ. I thought, yeah, here's the hypocrite. She'll make a show for Esther, like she's giving her life to Christ. But it's not real. It's not true. It's my mother. But Florence's mother had given her life to Christ. Shortly after that Billy Graham crusade, Florence's mom was admitted to a hospital, and she began to tell nurses, doctors, anyone who would listen about Jesus Christ. You need Jesus. Give your life to Christ. You need Jesus. Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. This was my mother. She couldn't speak intelligible English, but she said it with her thick Italian accent, that people understand the word Jesus. And uh, I was just so amazed at the change in mom. She actually smiled at me when she saw me enter the room. She wouldn't eat unless I fed her. Florence's mother died about a year after her decision at the Billy Graham crusade, and Florence had no doubts that her mom's heart had been changed by Jesus. This was not the same lady (laughs) that gave birth and raised me, (laughs) but this was the hand of God at work. My mother is going to heaven because Jesus died on a cross and rose again to save her from her sins, and because she accepted that. A few months after her mom's death, Florence got married and began the first of many new chapters in her life story. Florence has been widowed twice, and she actually helped bring her second husband to faith in Jesus. She's lived in New York, Texas, and Oregon, worked as a bank teller, a social worker, and a writer. Yeah, Florence wrote an autobiography called The Sicilian Nobleman's Daughter, A Christian Testimony from a Violent Life. I have found if I approach somebody with a gospel tract and say, here's a message of salvation, read it, they'll probably crumple it up and throw it away when I'm not looking. But if I say, both my parents tried to kill me, but there's a perfect God in heaven that rescued me from this and sustains me. If I mention that I put it in a book, they say, I want to read that book. There is a a ministry that God gave me Oftener than not, I don't sell the book. I'll just give out copies. So my wish is that someday in heaven I will meet somebody that says, I heard your story, and I gave my life to Christ. He's the God of every story. He sees each tear that falls. We may not understand the one thing Have you given your life to Christ? Now, your story might not be as dramatic as Florence's. 
Perhaps it is. Either which way, you have likely experienced pain. You've experienced maybe a broken relationship or some kind of difficult situation. And in that, maybe you wondered if God would be there for you. Well, the Bible says that God is there for you. It says he's our refuge, our strength, and our help in times of trouble. And you can experience that truth when you give your life to Jesus Christ. And you can learn more about that at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. That is also a great website if you're already a follower of Jesus. We have free resources there to help you grow in your faith. Again, it's findpeacewithgod.net. In just a moment, we'll hear Florence talk about the unique way she reads through the Bible. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a podcast production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. If I wasn't sure that my heart was right tonight, you couldn't drag me out of Madison Square Garden till I had found out. Because the Bible says you can know that your heart is right. Billy Graham, New York City, 1957. The Bible says that our hearts are sinful, that it's full of evil imaginations. The Bible says that our hearts are desperately wicked. The heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's the reason Christ said, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. I ask you tonight, wouldn't you like to have a new heart? Wouldn't you like to have Christ tonight who can forgive the past, give you joy and peace in the present, and change your life for the future? He can do it if you let him give your life to Christ tonight. Let him give you a new heart, make you a new person. You can learn more about receiving a new heart and a whole new life from Jesus at our website. The address is findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. On this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories, our guest has been Florence Calderon-Blake. Florence is very serious about her Bible reading. She has a lot of options to choose from because she knows three languages. You know, you can read it a hundred million times and always learn something new. One is in Spanish from cover to cover. One is in Italian from cover to cover. And many versions in English. So I read a different version every year. I read four chapters a day. So I start at the very beginning, right to the end of it. Well, the stories of how God has worked through Florence certainly are an inspiration. Not only in all the ways God has worked through her life, not only to read God's Word, but to trust in the promises in the Bible. Our thanks to Florence for being our guest, and our thanks to you for joining us for this episode of GPS, God, People, Stories. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. You know, if you want to get in touch with us about anything, you can email us. Just write to gps at billygram.org. That's gps at billygram.org. You can tell us what you like. You can even tell us what you don't like about the podcast. Maybe give us some suggestions for who you might like us to have on as a guest, or just write us to say hello. Again, the email address is gps at billygram.org. GPS, God, People, Stories, is an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news. When you're home, I know you'll be safe, strong enough to see the faith that you believe, and 
in that home Life will have no end I know I'll see you again In that home